Hey everyone, welcome to another season of Kasama Hanko, previously known as Reclaiming Filipinx Identity Show. Today, on the first episode of season 7, I'm delighted to have Selena Makadangdang Hayashi here with us today on season 7. Selene Hayashi is the granddaughter of Sakata immigrants from Ilocos Norte. She was born and raised in upcountry Maui and is a proud graduate of the Hawaii public education system. She is an activist, passionate about anti-racism, healing from colonialism, reproductive justice, and LGBTQ plus equity. She is a full-spectrum family medicine physician dedicated to serving the underserved and especially the Filipino and Indigenous community. Without further said, and do, I welcome you to the first episode on today's podcast, Selena Hayashi Makadangdang. My name is Selena Hayashi Makadangdang. Um, I use she, her pronouns. And um, let's see. The thing, the dish that I would say best describes me would be peanut bet. It's something that I grew up eating all the time, and it's definitely one of my favorite Filipino foods. I think the ways that I find myself kind of relating to peanut bet is, um, you know, it's a little bit bitter, which sometimes I can be, um, but it's warm. It's good for you. It reminds you of home, um, and just like how the talong gets so tender after soaking in all the juices, you know, deep down, I'm just really a softie. So yeah, <laughs> I, I love that question. It's so fun. Um, but it also makes me really hungry to think about all the delicious Filipino foods. <laughs> no, you, that was actually, when, when I was hearing you speak, um, I could, a sense of connection when you were speaking, especially um, reminiscing with your relationship with your grandparents and like your really, your deep, your deep fond appreciation with the life that they help you and your family. And I feel like it's, it's like through recognizing this and really like going, like just reminiscing the moments that we shared with them helps us, helps us kind of like see where we are now and it kind of builds a really great foundation and it kind of connects with actually my next question of have you personally struggled in embracing your cultural identity with how do you see yourself with your cultural identity before and now yeah totally exactly wow I mean I think that's such a special and really beautiful part of our culture and um, something that I think is so fundamental in, in Filipino families is growing up and having that reverence um, and really special time with my grandparents and with my siblings. So I feel really fortunate, um, especially growing up in Hawaii and being able to be raised by my grandparents while my parents worked. Um, my grandparents immigrated to Hawaii and really did it for me and my brothers and, and my mom and her sisters. And I could just feel their love in really just everything that they did. I mean, thinking about their small kind of farm in their yard that we would spend a lot of time in. Um, and I got to really learn a lot of their wisdom and see the very deep relationship they had with the land and with growing food and harvesting food, especially coming from the Philippines when they really didn't have that much. And we're actually um, yeah, poor farmers in the Philippines before immigrating to Hawaii. Um, so after school, I would remember spending a lot of time in the garden and helping my grandma harvest different vegetables. And then we would lay out these mats in her garage and clean the vegetables and, and prepare them to, to drop them off at the um, farmer's market or, and the grocery store that we would sell them at. And I remember afterwards, my grandma would give me like a couple of dollars and I got to go and get Holo Holo as my kind of treat or reward for helping her pick vegetables 
apples and clean vegetables. And so that was really special. Um, I really grew to admire how much work it takes to get food, to grow food and really how special and even more delicious it is when you grow your own food. And that relationship with food really informed to me um, on my deep belief that food is medicine um, and really has that capacity and power, especially different Filipino foods like marungai, which I consider the original superfood, um, or ampalaya, ginger, garlic, all these things that, I mean, taste very good, but are also medicines. Um, and seeing how that, just like you alluded to, um, Chachi, of it really brings communities together. My grandma and I would come up to the farmer's market with our little cart of vegetables and, and seeing the vendors connect with my grandma and, and talk to me. And even to this day, I'll go to those farmer's markets and see those same vendors. Um, and they're really part of our community, part of our extended family in Hawaii. And so that was something I, I learned from my grandparents in a way that could only be taught through observation. And that is um, really believing in abundance and sharing that abundance. And I saw that in the way that they were really generous um, in how they brought food for loved ones and shared with their neighbors and worked really hard to provide and grow the food that, that the community um, wanted and needed in their, in their recipes. Um, I think I also feel so fortunate because I got to spend a lot of time with my brothers, with my grandparents. Um, that was just really special. And I think back now and, and just think so fondly of, of those times of being able to go home from school and spend that time with my grandparents and watch the Filipino channel. Um, and they would, you know, make sure I got the, my homework done, which was really sweet how much they really emphasize education and wanted to empower us with, with education. Um, something that I realize now as an adult and as a physician, um, I realize the benefit for both me as a young child, growing up, being raised by my elders, I have such a deep sense of reverence and respect for the wisdom that is uniquely held by our elders. And those lessons, um, their resilience that they exemplify. Seeing my grandparents work so hard, even into their old age, really makes me realize the virtue of hard work. And makes me realize that as hard as I'm working now, it's really not as hard as my grandparents had to work when they immigrated to Hawaii uh, from the Philippines. And then also seeing it from the perspective of, of my grandparents and how here they are, they were retired from their um, plantation jobs. My, and my grandpa worked on a dairy. Um, and so they're done with that kind of manual labor, but then they become the main caregivers for my brother and I who were very young children. We were, um, I was a baby and my older brother was just shy of two years old when my grandparents really started caring for us most of the time and how that really reinvigorated by necessity, um, youthfulness and playfulness into their lives. And I think that really did help them to remain both young at heart, um, mentally sharp for as long as they did and, and really just physically fit as well. And so, and then of course um, it helped my parents who were able to work um, because my grandparents cared for us. So there's really just so many benefits to this. And then I think when we zoom out, we can see that in the communities, when children value the wisdom of their elders, that results in us being protective and caring for our elders. And similarly, we see elders investing in childhood education um, and in our youth development when they are able to have those deep connections with youth. So I do think these all are interrelated and I do believe that they've informed both my career goals, as well as how I view medicine and how I view being a doctor and my role um, and the community's role in helping our patients achieve wellness. Um, 
yeah, so I'm not sure if that was quite the answer. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I think something that I realize more and more with reflection is how much I identify with being Filipino. Um, and I think a big part of that is really being raised by my Filipino community, um, taking, you know, Filipino dance classes. Um, I participated in a Filipino pageant growing up. And so I was, and then um, the church we went to when I was younger um, was mainly Filipino. And I really just felt that deep sense of belonging and being cared for and having role models, other Filipinos in the community. And that was just so special and something that I, I just kind of thought was normal. Um, but then also kind of reconciling with the fact that I do have a Japanese last name. My, my dad is Japanese. My mom is Filipina. Um, and kind of feeling that, you know, I didn't really do as many Japanese activities and really did a lot more Filipino activities and ate way more Filipino food because my grandparents made Filipino food and I love Filipino food. Um, and, you know, I'm a brown skin Asian girl. So kind of by default living in Hawaii when you're kind of as brown as I am, people would know that I'm Filipino. <laughs> but... I think something that I also struggled with was kind of the first time I went back to the Philippines and saw where my family was from. I would hear kind of comments and realize that I, I really wasn't Filipino enough. You know, I wasn't a real Filipino. I didn't, I don't speak Tagalog. I barely speak Ilocano. I speak Ilocano like a, like a toddler would. <laughs> um, and so I just felt like I'm not Filipino enough. I'm also pretty tall um, for a Filipino person. And, and so these are, I know, kind of seemingly very superficial attributes, but nonetheless, they are things that people, I think, recognize as being um, part of the Filipino identity. And I think especially the language piece, um, I feel a, a sense of loss about, because I'm realizing now that that is how I can connect with Filipino elders and Filipino community members outside of my family um, in a deeper way. If I was able to share those stories in the native language of our people or in even in Ilocano, I think I do miss things in translation. Um, and then it's interesting now to see how kind of the things that were maybe made fun of in the past in terms of being Filipino, particularly the food. I remember when I would bring home lunches to school and I had my patis and people would, you know, pinch their noses at me and be like, oh gosh, what's that smell? And then now, you know, patis is in Asian fusion everywhere. I mean, it's something that's kind of in vogue right now. And so I think that's always interesting to note. Um, and it's hard to say, you know, what comes first and where, where these trends kind of come from, but, you know, this ownership and this sense of pride that I see in, in a lot of my Filipino contemporaries, a lot of my colleagues, I mean, is that, has that been what has opened up this space for um, the recognition of our, the delicious Filipino cuisine um, or vice versa, seeing that our food represented and seen as, um, really as, as the delicacies that, that these foods are, I think makes us be able to have that sense of pride. Um, and then it, it flirts with this boundary of kind of appropriation. More and more so I'm seeing, you know, kind of even commercial brands having like ube flavored things. And sometimes it gives me almost a pause of, is this appropriation? I mean, there's nowhere on the packaging that says traditionally, you know, something that's Filipino, it almost makes it seem like, wow, this, whatever, American food brand found this flavor and added it. I mean, and that for me is, is a sign of cultural appropriation, which I don't think is, is a compliment to, to Filipinos or Filipino cuisine. And so sometimes I see that as problematic. Um, 
or I do see that in general as problematic, but I also think it's helpful to be to be seen as our food being more palatable. But at the same time, um, being a Filipino American is also something that I think is pretty unique. And then our stories as, as Filipinos from Hawaii and, and my grandparents being cicadas, kind of that, um, in that first wave of, of immigrants to Hawaii, I think is also a very specific lens that I see my identity through. Um, knowing that my grandparents um, immigrated to Hawaii out of, really out of economic necessity, not being able to really have their basic needs met um, in the very impoverished conditions they were living in in the Philippines. They saw hope and opportunity in Hawaii, even though none of it was guaranteed. And it was really all kind of faith and courage that brought them through that. Um, So that is absolutely something that I'm reminded of and cognizant of and absolutely influences my existence and how I find myself moving about in the world and how I view my role. Um, I can't help but think of my cousins who were not afforded the same opportunities as me, the ones who grew up in the Philippines and are in the Philippines right now and really how much harder their life is. And I can't help but wonder sometimes of, I mean, of course there was nothing I did to deserve this. And what do I do to make this meaningful and worthwhile? And how can I uplift our Filipino community, particularly those who are marginalized and underserved and under-resourced in a way that honors my family members who are not afforded the same opportunities? And really recognizing that the triumphs and victories that I experience and successes that I experience here in, in the United States are shared with my family in the Philippines. Um, and so I, I find myself sometimes feeling like I exist in this strange limbo of both not being from the Philippines, but, be, but feeling deeply Filipino as well as trying to remain cognizant of the fact that I am afforded these very unique privileges um, that are not inherently Filipino. Um, And especially being from Hawaii, I think I was so fortunate to be surrounded by other Filipinos. I have friends who are Filipino and grew up on the continental US in areas that don't have a lot of Filipino people. And I realized how fortunate I am and I was um, growing up in a place with so much Filipino culture and food and community. Um, and then of course, as I mentioned, I, I did a pageant. I did the Miss Maui Filipina pageant, which I did because my mom was Miss Maui Filipina back in the day. And my grandmother really, really wanted me to do it. And I, I struggled with that. I mean, the whole culture of pageantry, particularly in the Philippines, is one that is fraught and yet so celebrated. Um, I absolutely believe in the beauty of, um, you know, female-bodied Filipino women, um, and and I want to celebrate that. But you know, knowing that my grandmother has done so much for me and really asked very little from me, I decided to do the pageant. Um, and learned a lot about my culture through that. And through it, I also got to go to the Philippines um, as a cultural ambassador, which was really, really just so heart opening in a way that um, really was incredibly formative as I entered adulthood at that time. Um, And I think that's when I realized these stark realities of um, especially going to the Philippines as Miss Hawaii Filipina, um, realizing all the the privileges that I've I've been afforded Um, and feeling like both here I was, Miss Hawaii Filipina, probably one of the most Filipino (laughs) things I've done in my life and yet returning to the Philippines and feeling like an imposter because I couldn't speak Tagalog. 
Um, so that's been something that I reflect on pretty frequently and, and, and working through in terms of um, healing that, that kind of that wound that is, that is full of guilt um, of, of, of not knowing Tagalog and not speaking Tagalog. I think hearing a lot about what you have shared, it really gave me a sense of a direction of your story, especially because although you may not know how to speak the language itself, like the deep amount of ways that you connected with our culture and with our identity is so much more than not being able to speak. And I think like how we kind of know and how we kind of see um, society um, describes about being Filipino, you have to speak the language. I feel like necessarily sometimes being Filipino doesn't always have to be speaking. Um, it's about like really learning where we came from and like listening through you, um, your experiences, you are, you are a Filipino because especially a Filipino with mixed heritage, being half Japanese and half Filipino, you embrace a lot of what makes you who you are. And I think just seeing like the, just seeing how you're, you're sharing your story. I learned, I actually learned so much that um, there's just so much um, that you mentioned, um, and I was actually um, typing it in the side, and one thing that kind of I wanted to talk more about is when you said language and skin color and beauty pageants are so glamorized in the Philippines, like you have to speak this, you have to be in the same color, you have to, um, when it comes to like boxing or beauty pageants, our culture kind of like goes on it but at the same time it's really focusing and honing down like the issues that's going on in the Philippines that's not talked about and I feel like you sharing your story about your history it's it's enough um because it's really acknowledging and having this self-awareness thank you Chachi I do think yeah like that's what this is about is yeah all of us kind of encouraging each other on this journey of of reclaiming this identity of of it not really being about yeah like you're saying it's not about excluding people or pushing people out but how can we welcome others in into feeling welcomed as Filipinos and one thing that I actually wanted to ask more and before we go within the next question is like my follow-up question with how do you see yourself now is with just by um, how you view yourself before, um, especially in the present day now, how do you kind of redefine yourself as a mix, as a Filipino, which is being a mixed heritage? Yeah, I think a lot of my identity now has been focused on my role as a doctor in the Filipino community. Um, and really what gets me through, particularly now, being a doctor, being in residency during a, the pandemic has been really difficult. It's been a lot of work, it's been a lot of heartbreak, um, a lot of learning, but what grounds me and keeps me going is, um, the relationships I have with my patients, particularly those who are Filipino. And, you know, the reason I became a doctor is to serve the Filipino community. I grew up seeing my grandparents have a really hard time navigating the medical system and feeling like they really could have benefited from having providers, more providers who had both cultural and language congruence with them. And even sometimes when they did have that, it was still really hard um, coordinate their care because they, my grandparents really didn't have very much medical literacy um, and, and enough support in that sense. And so these days, I think of myself as more of the role of an advocate 
for our Filipino community, thinking about health disparities um, and thinking about where the resources are needed. I think there's a lot of under-resourced pockets of Filipinos um, all over Hawaii. And that's something that I feel very strongly about and want to help to have better health care and have um, improved health education for our Filipinos. Um, another way I view or how I kind of shape my current Filipino identity is um, mentorship and pipeline work, particularly mentoring um, pre-med students and medical students who are Filipino and um, are interested in this field. And that's something I've, I'm really excited about because I know I wouldn't be here if it weren't for my mentors. And the number of times I've heard from college students and medical students alike that it's so rare for them to have to meet a Filipino doctor, especially a female Filipino doctor, um, and how meaningful it is for them to see that representation. I think that is so humbling and grounding and reminds me why this work is so important and why it matters. I mean, all the studies, so many studies demonstrate that patients, particularly marginalized patients of color, receive better health care and have better health outcomes when they're cared for by providers with the same or similar cultural backgrounds and language skills um, or language. And so just knowing that and, and knowing that I can help to have my Filipino community, help my Filipino community become healthier. It just, it gives me a, a deep sense of purpose. And um, that's kind of where I'm deriving my Filipino identity now. I also have been trying to cook more Filipino foods, which I think both has come from homesickness and missing my grandma, as well as um, recognizing that that is how we perpetuate our culture um, is through the foods as well. I wanted to ask if you had, um, I think you got cut off a little bit. Um, you ended with um, sharing about your profession. And then you kind of cut off a little bit. But I think I can kind of segue from that. And then because when you, the last, the last thing that you shared, uh, I can reiterate is that um, the beauty of like the, the mentorships that really help you and help mold you to be the kind of doctor you are today. And I think um, one thing to a little share about that is that in Hawaii itself, I feel like that's growing. Um, we have really, we have really amazing pre-med students who who just graduated, and this this one in particular that I can describe um, is also go going to be um, starting their med school journey in California, and I feel like if I feel like if you meet them, um, that would be like a really great duo because you both have similar vision, especially with our um, community here in Hawaii and really giving back and being kind of the bridge of social justice and health equity with how things are now. Yeah, I think recently over the past couple of years when I started using um, Filipinex as a word, um, that was that has been almost like a um, yeah a sense of reclaiming that identity of both merging my beliefs on on um, kind of letting go of this idea of a gender binary um, and being more gender inclusive um, and using that term that was something that. I, I think is really cool and, and um, really great. Um, and then for me personally, something that this has meant as in my adult life is really 
intentionally decolonizing myself. Knowing the history of colonization in the Philippines is one of immense trauma and pain and death. Um, but really quite beautiful in seeing the resilience um, of the Filipino people and really the deep sense of an ability to forgive. Um, I see that in, in Filipino people. Um, but knowing that history of colonization in the Philippines um, and the colonization history in Hawaii, I, I realize now how so many things um, surrounding my, so many ideas surrounding my self-worth, productivity, beauty standards are, are incredibly westernized and colonized. Um, especially when I, I think about beauty standards of the Philippines and how it's so desired to be, to have paler skin and to not have such a wide nose um, and to have lighter hair even and seeing skin bleaching products and talking to young Filipino girls who when I do their well child checks and they ask and I ask them when I'm screening for eating disorders, if, if there's anything that they would want to change about their bodies. And I remember there was these two sisters that came in that were 11 and 13 years old. And they said that if they could change one thing, they wish they had lighter skin. And that for me is an indication of colonization of beauty standards. Um, I deeply believe in the beauty of our melanated brown skin that enables us to work outside, have a deep relationship with the earth and grow food and provide for our families. Um, but dark skin has been equated with shame and of being poor farmers. And then thinking about things like productivity, I see how that's driven by capitalism and seeing the effects of capitalism in the Philippines and how there've been a lot of um, yeah, forces from the outside where there's now um, a lot of developments like, you know, large condos, um, the natural beauty in the Philippines, particularly all the resorts that are popping up on, on these beautiful remote islands that have incredible and intricate reef systems. And then I think about relinquishing these ideas surrounding what I should be, whether that be subservient or I've been told before that my Filipino heritage um, confines me to the role of being a nurse if I want to go into medicine. Um, and really relinquishing those ideas um, because those things aren't helpful for me. Um, and I don't think that they are rooted in truth. Um, I think a lot of this is away kind of these external expectations imposed on Filipino people um, to reveal kind of this deeper core of, of um, what it means to be Filipino. And this also means that it requires a lot of grace from myself to myself and my own family, knowing that my ancestors have survived immense intergenerational trauma um, and post-colonization coloni trauma, post-colonization trauma, which does result, I think, in things like scarcity mentality and can also manifest as, as behavior such as hoarding. Um, and that those things don't come from 
um, character flaws, but come from these deep wounds and, and histories of not having enough, um, whether that be enough food to eat, enough money or clothing. Um, and then another piece that's really meaningful to me in terms of reclaiming my Filipino identity is like what we talked about, participating in Filipino events, gathering as a community. I mean, of course, this was pre-COVID, but I really loved going to the um, Filipino Community Center here in Seattle um, and serving the elders their, a meal. Yeah, the community center would have free meals for elders and just I got to spend time with them and hear their stories. Um, a lot of times they would ask me to check their blood pressure, um, which I'm more than happy to do. <laughs> and so really being part of the community. And sometimes that has me being complicit in some things that I don't necessarily wholeheartedly agree with, like such as pageants. I do think pageants are great in terms of the ways they help uh, young Filipino women discover their voice um, or display their talent and celebrate our beauty, as well as provide scholarship opportunities, uh, kind of first, first and foremost. Um, but I also recognize that there can be things that um, in terms of pageantry that can cause injury to young women's self-esteem and um, can sometimes overemphasize the physical attributes of beauty. Um, but I also recognize that that's a way for me to connect with, with other Filipinos. Um, and then also, of course, creating a sense of community amongst other Filipinos, um, particularly my, um, the, my manongs and manongs that I work with in, in my clinic as well as in the hospital. Um, it's, it's been really meaningful to be able to talk to them and, and see the pride in their eyes when I let them know that I'm also a kababayan. Um, yeah, particularly when I meet my Filipino elders who work in the same hospital as me and are um, either janitors or medical assistants or nurses. Um, they're part of all, all the various um, aspects of, of delivering health care. Um, and then I know this may seem almost kind of counter to what I was saying, I, but I also strongly believe that Filipinos are naturally gifted in dance and music and the arts. And I think that is a, one of my favorite ways of it. it really exploring and celebrating Filipino culture and being able to gather as a community. I think it's been so cool to see uh, female Filipino rappers really emerge and gain fame. And for me personally, I have had some of my most favorite memories at Filipino parties when we take turns either dancing or singing um, and how really this um, love of performance and um, spirit of celebration is so integral to the Filipino community as well. And kind of in the same vein as that of like reimagining of what else, how, how else can we as a Filipino community be inclusive and be more radical when it comes to social justice. And then something that I personally want to work on is as I reclaim this Filipino identity, how I can be more active um, and more knowledgeable about uh, social justice issues taking place in the Philippines today and how I can be helpful and not in a kind of like a colonial savior kind of way, but in a way that is tangible and meaningful. And whether that be um, being more present with my cousins and for my cousins in the Philippines, um, or going back to my grandparents' hometowns um, and sending 
Balakbayan boxes. So those are just some of the thoughts and some of the things I'm personally working on and thinking about these days when it comes to my Filipina identity, my Filipinx identity. Um, I think like going on with what you just reflected on and like answered is that one thing that kind of gave me shivered when you were speaking was um, when you were doing wellness checks of these two sisters and their answer kind of gave me like I felt like that would be an answer to many Filipina girls that who feels this way is that question of um the answer of I want to be lighter or I want to be skinnier and I feel like many doctors who does who may not be familiar with the, with our culture may see this like oh why do you want to do that um it can be kind of looked down upon or like kind of brush upon so like you kind of you kind of serving the community and about this you already know that in Filipino culture and community this is what has the standards has been and this has to be changed because I think it really plays a huge kind of trauma that that the glorification of having such Eurocentric like complexions is equated to success but at the same time being like being um being darker skin actually means beautiful and I think we need to continue to make that awareness because I feel like I feel like that is like that is still one of the most um a really big issue with the second coming with body shaming which totally when it comes to them um health wise like especially with our Filipino food and people kind of question like oh I don't I love Filipino food but why is it so oily like I, that, that was just some of the things that when you were speaking, I wanted to kind of also create that conversation because I think this this kind of like brings up upon like how can we make our food still Filipino but without the negative kind of connotation to it. And like, it's what you just said, like, um, it's growing our food, it's learning how to cultivate what we, what our family came from. Right, exactly, and I think you brought up something that I, I think is so important also is this idea of body shaming um, that is so prevalent and really malignant because you're right, it has nothing to do what you look like, you know, like your health isn't reflected in your size and that people can be healthy and not be super skinny. Um, but I do think that that's a stereotype that is so unfair for Filipinos um, and so important for us to really emphasize the importance of healthy and mindful eating rather than this goal of wanting to be skinny. And to kind of like go along with that is that what would be your advice to the next generation, especially those who are are in the kind of phase of I don't know what I am, I don't know how to be myself, um, because this generation now, because of how everything is now very virtual, they see so many different things, and now like I don't know what I am. How can I? what direction do I go along with? And if you had the opportunity to just tell um, teenage, maybe a teenage version of you, um, what advice would you give them? Yeah, I love that question. I like to reflect on that now as an adult of what would teenage version of me think of me now? I would hope to make her proud. Um, and even like childhood me, like seven-year-old me, um, I would love to remind you, all you listeners out there, that there is exactly and only one you, and so you owe it to yourself 
into this world to be your authentic self. And that that is your gift to humanity. Um, and to really know that that is how you can honor your ancestors and your family is by being yourself um, and loving yourself. And you loving yourself is an extension of love to your ancestors and to your family. I would also say something that's really important is for you to find something, whether that be a cause or a community that makes you feel this sense of fire in your heart, some sort of mission and a sense of purpose. You know, for me, and it, it might be similar for you, where that be, you want to see that our Filipino community is cared for better in the healthcare system. Or you want to see improved education of Filipino youth, whatever it may be. And it's so important for us all to have different senses of purpose and different missions because there are so many needs to be met. There's so many issues and we can only solve them if we each do our own special, unique little part. Um, and sometimes, actually a lot of the time, particularly in the journey of medicine, um, there are a lot of times where the work was really hard. And I thought, I don't know if I have it in me to keep going and keep doing this. And what would ground me and what continues to ground me to this day are my Filipino patients and remembering my why and knowing that there are Filipinos in our Filipino community who believe in me and are also depending on me. And just also knowing and for you to know deep in your heart that the strength and wisdom and resilience of your ancestors, the ones who immigrated here with so much courage and so much resilience and faith that those same attributes, that strength, wisdom, resilience, that all flows through your veins as well. And that you are their legacy you are an extension of them, that we're an extension of each other. We're all these interwoven threads on this cloth that when woven together is this beautiful, vibrant tapestry that is our Filipino community. And I think it's, you know, there's a, a, a slice of it that's specifically our Filipino immigrant population in Hawaii and it includes all of the enclaves of Filipino Americans throughout the country. And um, knowing that all of our stories are related and that our stories matter. And that's how we celebrate love and share our culture is by sharing our stories. I think I was actually really deeply moved that it took me like kind of gave me kind of a pause to kind of reflect on that because even just like listening even if this was an advice to the next generation or their teenage, or what would you say to your teenage self? It's it's those words that are, that I felt it, like really like, it's your true passion, what you believe, your mission, your vision about our community, about our culture, that will kind of really help you continue and move forward is really acknowledging where we came from because I feel like, and I see this happening that most of the time, a lot of people who do start with what they're doing, with, in terms of like creativity, tend to die out really fast because people get to look back at where they came from. And that kind of always is a, 
it's a problem and I feel like like what you said like being able to just recognize the the history of everything is and really taking the time to reflect um so many great things will come out of it and I think I think just by having you on this podcast alone um you bring such great um addition to our narratives uh, especially because with with how with your um knowledge and with how much you have grown um, as a person that you shared i think it's just it's i think someone out there may feel like very touched just by hearing those words well my dream would be to be back on maui being a doctor getting to serve the filipino elders who helped raise me and also be able to mentor you know high schoolers college students pre-med students um particularly those who are filipino and hopefully also tending the land growing sayote and malungay dorong ampalaya you know just growing all that stuff <laughs> and also being able to serve the native hawaiian community um because there are incredible awful healthcare disparities for both the filipino and the native hawaiian communities um and so that would be my dream and to be near my parents and hopefully maybe have children <laughs> teach them how to make filipino food so that would be my dream in 10 years is really to be caring for our filipino community as a doctor as a community member i'm looking forward to that